Amen. Uh, thank you, uh, Richard. Thank you, Sarah. We definitely uh, love having you guys over. Love you guys involved in our lives. You guys have really laid your lives down for us, and we 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 are so honored to have Richard and Sarah Alloway here in in New York and and leading the Bronx. Uh, uh, sorry, Brooklyn. Brooklyn is very privileged to have to have the Alloways. Um, so I am honored also to be able to speak today. Um, I love the Brooklyn Church. I know some of our Queens disciples are over there and uh, have have given nothing but but great news about just how well they've been doing in the faith. Um, I'm honored to be able to share God's word today with you. Um, I want to give a shout out to all my Trinis. I hear we have some Trinis. So Trinis, big up the Trinis. Uh, good to have uh, some Trinis and all my Caribbean people. Um, many of you know that my wife and I uh, spent nine years in Trinidad as missionaries. And I grew up in Trinidad. I actually grew up in Jamaica and Trinidad because my mother is Jamaican and my father is Trinidadian. So Caribbean people have a special place in my heart. And um, I want to give a shout out to all the, the Trinis and all the Caribbean people um, on the call. And um, I do want to let you guys know, uh, if you guys can be praying for the church in Haiti, some of you may know this, but um, they are going through uh, uh, a humanitarian crisis in Haiti. There's a, there's a powerful gang, uh, like a federation of gangs that I read, that have taken over the fuel depot in, in Haiti and apparently gas prices are 35 US dollars a gallon. <laughs> okay, now when I was when I was told that I asked Adler, Adler, say that again? He said, yeah, 35 US dollars per gallon. And um, you know, the, the country has shut down, uh, people are afraid to, to go to work, banks are only open three days a week. So just pray, please pray for our brothers and sisters in, in Haiti because they're definitely challenged um, just, uh, uh, just with basic necessities, food, um, et cetera. So please keep them in your prayers. So my, uh, my title today, the topic today is the call to dig deeper in the word. And, um, you know, I am that this year I'll be 34 years old as a Christian. And my goodness, um, the word of God has has changed me, um, transformed my life, transformed my way of thinking. But I find that as I get older, I mean, and I, I've read through the Bible several times. And as I get older, I find that I have to work harder to to, to, to be engaged with the word, um, just in terms of just my daily walk, um, in terms of feeling like, man, the word of God has, has had an impact on my life. I've found that I've had to put more work in for that to happen. Because sometimes I can just come to the, to the, to the scriptures with the mindset, I know what it says. I got it. You know, and, and I, I, I have to work on my, on my attitude 
I have to work on my humility before the um, before God's word. So that's what I want to talk about today. The, 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 my focus today is really going to be about our attitude and our inner disposition uh, towards the word of God. So why don't we just jump in and say a word of prayer to start us off with. Let's pray. Father, um, thank you for this time. Thank you for all the um, disciples from Brooklyn who are, who are here. Thank you for uh, Richard and Sarah giving me uh, an opportunity to share God's word with all the saints. Father, fill me with your spirit. God, open our hearts that we may, we may hear your word, we may see your word, that we may know your will for our lives. Father, we're so grateful for the way you've changed us and transformed us and renewed our our hearts and our mind. And Father, we know that you are not done with us yet. We know that there's there's still more renewing. There's still more plans you have for us, um, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us hope in the future. Open wide our hearts at this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, I'm gonna share my screen here with you. And, uh, okay, here we go, the call to dig deeper in God's word. You guys seeing that? Yes, thumbs up, call to dig deeper, excellent. All right, let's see, let's see how I do that. All right, great. Jeremiah 15 says, Lord, you understand, remember me and care for me. Avenge me on my persecutors, you are long-suffering. Do not take me away. Think of how I suffer reproach for your sake. When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, Lord Almighty. I never sit in the company of revelers, never made merry with them. I sat alone because your hand was on me. You had filled me with indignation. All right, one second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. I think I'm having a little problem here. Did I just stop sharing my screen? Yes, I, I apologize. <laughs> okay, let me do this again. All right. So what was Jeremiah's attitude towards the word? When I read that passage, Jeremiah's attitude is, when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name. And when you think about it, brothers and sisters, don't we bear the name of the Messiah? Are we not called to be ambassadors of the King? Are we not, those of us who've been baptized in the blood of Christ, are we not uh, sons and daughters of the Most High? We bear the name of Jesus. What was Jeremiah's attitude? Man, when, I, when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. And the question we have to ask is, when do the words of God come to us? When does God speak to us? 
I believe that every time we open our Bibles, God speaks. Every single time. Now, you know, you may only have five minutes to read a psalm, okay? I know sometimes days can get really busy, and you only have five minutes to read a psalm. Those five minutes, the word of God is coming to you. Every time you read the Bible, you hear the living word of God. Every time you come to a midweek, the word of God comes to you. Like today, the word of God is coming to you. These are, the, the scriptures are taken from the word of God. God is speaking through his word. Every time you come to church on Sunday, and, and you hear the message, whether it be whether it be the communion or the contribution or the sermon, these are the words of God that are coming to us. And the question is, what is our attitude towards God's word? Is our attitude like, oh, I've heard it already and I felt that. I have, I'll be honest with you, I've felt that. Is our attitude like, oh, I can't wait for the sermon to be done so I can go home and, and, and catch the Giants game? Is that our attitude? Or do we, do we eat them up? Are they our joy and our heart's delight? You know, I, I love what, what Richard uh, shared earlier. You know, when we, when we had Richard over, Richard and Sarah over, uh, we wanted to really treat Richard and Sarah special, especially for his 60th birthday. And we, Robin and I went all out. We said, we just want to do the best we can to encourage him. You know, we, we live here, here in New York. We, we are kind of like a foodie culture. We've got some of the best restaurants in the world. We've got foods from all different parts of the world. I hear that in Brooklyn, there are some awesome Trini restaurants. A brother told me that some of the best roti and curry are in Brooklyn, all right? But you can get food. The other day, my son celebrated his 26th birthday. He took us to a Japanese restaurant in, in, in Brooklyn. And when you think about the foodie culture, there's different, different foods hit you in certain ways, the different spices and seasonings. And food cooked in a particular way has an impact on your palate. So much so that, that when, when a food hits your palate, you, you remember it. It, it. it gives off all sorts of endorphins and, and you remember that food. You remember the restaurant. And then, and then you can actually, you actually recommend that food place to, um, to your friends. Why? Because the food there is delightful. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Food is delightful, especially food from different cultures. But you know, when we read the Bible, we have to understand that we have the heart and mind of the living God, that his food, the food that he gives us, we should receive it as delightful. We are blessed, brothers and sisters, to have his instruction. Do we value the word of God as Jeremiah valued the word. I think as we are striving to learn 
how to dig deeper in the word of God, the first step we got to take is to look at our mindset towards God's word. The word of God is powerful. The word of God has instructions for eternal life. The word of God has the power to rescue mankind out of darkness and sin. The word of God has the power to renew us from the inside. There is nothing of greater value than the word of God. And so every chance we get to read our Bible, to hear the message at a midweek or at a Sunday service, the first thing we got to ask is, let me make sure I come in to hearing the word of God with the right attitude. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly, will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So this passage is taken from Jesus's uh, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 to 20. And in this passage, Jesus tells us what his attitude is towards the word. He said this, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Jesus is saying, not the least stroke of a pen. He, he's not even talking about a word, just a stroke of a pen. He's saying even the smallest letter and the least stroke of a pen is of such great value to him. It is, it is greater than the disappearance of heaven and earth itself. That's what Jesus' attitude was towards God's word. In Jesus's mind, every iota of the word of God was of great value. And he said, everyone who sets aside the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, this passage really challenges me because I know for me, I have a tendency of sort of grading the word of God. Like some parts are super, super important and other parts, well, it's kind of easy to set aside because, you know, you know, hey, it's just, it's just kind of there, but I don't see it as that important. I, that's, a, that's more of a confession, all right? For example, in my mind, and I have to really work at this, but in my mind, there's certain sins 
that are like major sins, you know, like like immorality, adultery, those ones are the, the heavy hitters, you know what I'm saying? But then there's other sins, like how we speak to one another, um, the words that we use that, you know, yeah, whatever, you know, those are like, those are like the least of the commands. But, you know, in the scriptures, Jesus says, if, if you call a brother an idiot, you are in danger of the fire of hell. <laughs> I remember I saw, I was, I was reading that and I'm like, what? So I have to be extra careful of how I, the words I use to my brothers and sisters. I cannot call them things or names that are derogatory because I will be in danger of the fire of hell. Man, that's a real challenge for me. And I think he is warning us, he's warning us um, about falling into the trap of thinking that some of God's commands are more important than others. In Jesus' mind, the whole thing, all of God's word, is important. And as a Christian, I have got to strive to develop the same attitude as Jesus. I realize that I don't always have that attitude. I don't have his attitude. I tend to, 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 to say in my own mind that some parts are more important than others. That's the wrong attitude to have. And I want to be one as a, as a son of God who strives to have the same attitude towards God's word as Jesus did. And the question is, how can we develop a Christ-centered attitude towards God's word? I mean, that, that's the question that I wrestle with. And I hope you're wrestling with that question too. I think one of the ways that we can develop a Christ-centered attitude towards God's word is to pray. I think we need to ask God to open our eyes. The psalmist says, open, open my eyes, God, so I may see wonderful ways, the wonderful ways of your law. Um, we've got to ask God, God, as I, as I read this passage, open my eyes that I may see. Um, I am, I'm blind. I don't understand your, your word. Um, help me to see the wonderful things that, 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 you're, that you are speaking to me now. I think we have to have that disposition, not just to approach the word and just read it, but to pray and ask God to open our eyes that we may see. I think the other thing that really helps me is, is to journal. You know, when you read God's word, you've got to engage with it. You, you know, um, you got to write things down. You got you to gotta, you gotta take notes. You got to ask, you know, write things down that, that trouble you, that inspire you, or that challenge you. Take notes. Um, I also want to encourage you to take notes um, during during sermons. You know, because you you just don't remember things um, if you don't write them down. Uh, I think taking notes is a way that we can put our minds and our bodies to work when we are listening to a sermon. Um, when I go to a movie, 
I don't take notes. I really don't because I go to a movie to be entertained. I don't go to I don't go to a movie with, with a notepad. I just sit back and go, okay, buddy, entertain me. Ask me how much I remember about the last movie I watched. Very little. But when I hear sermons, whether I'm in a staff meeting or whether someone else is preaching, I try to take notes and then I go home and I review those notes because I want to make sure that I am getting what the speaker is saying. And if I'm challenged by something in the scriptures, I'm going to ask myself, why am I challenged by the scripture? What is it in me that, is, that feels so resistant to what this scripture is saying? Why am I resisting what the scripture is saying? Do I have a better plan? Okay. And so we've got to work on, I think we've got to work on ourselves. I've got to work on myself and my heart every single time I read the word or I'm exposed to the teachings of God. All right. The last scripture I want to share with you is, is what Paul uh, said about um about Christ. Uh, he said in, in Colossians 2, 2 to 5, he says, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in the body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. What was Paul's view of Christ? Well, he said it right here. He said, uh, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom all the treasures of in whom all are hidden, in whom are hidden, pardon me, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Listen to what Paul just said about Jesus. He says that in Christ, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. The, the, the key word there is the word all, <laughs> all. If you desire wisdom and knowledge, the place to find it is in Jesus's word. And we have access to the words of Christ, the Messiah. We have it in the New Testament, in the gospel, and all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. So when I read that, I ask myself this question. Do I believe that statement when I'm reading Jesus's words? Do I really believe that in Christ, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him? Do I really believe that? You see, if I don't believe that, or if I'm struggling to believe that, then I'm going to equate the, the, the words in the Bible with, say, the words in a novel, or the words in the New York Times, or the words in the encyclopedia, and there's no difference in my mind, and that's a problem. 
until I come to true faith that in Christ, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. Until I come to true faith, my, my inner disposition towards God's word is going to be distorted. I'm not going to be motivated to read the Bible every day. I'm not going to be motivated to take notes uh, when I hear sermons. I'm not going to be motivated at all because in me, okay, I do not have that belief that in Christ, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden. And that's more something that this is what this is what Paul declared about Jesus. And this is what I've got to ask myself, do I believe that? Now, I want to make a point here. Paul didn't always believe that about Jesus. Okay, remember Paul? He was Saul. He used to kill Christians. He used to think, oh, man, these guys have rid them from the face of the earth. But Paul grew. He grew and he matured to the point where his view about Christ was completely changed. Because he was able now to say in his spiritual growth, man, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in this man, Jesus Christ. He, he got to that point in his faith. And I believe we all can get to that point in our personal walk with Jesus. And the truth is, you know, when you're in 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 the real world, if you want treasures, you got to dig for it. Here's a guy digging a tunnel, and he's gonna go catch some diamonds and gold. You, you know, you have to dig. If you want treasures, you have to dig. And this is treasures on earth. How much more spiritual treasures? We have got to dig, and digging takes time, and digging takes effort because. True treasures are not easily found. You got to do the work. You got to do the hard work. And one of the things I want to encourage you to do, and some of you are doing it already, I want to encourage you to, to read your Bible every single day, every day. Force yourself, push yourself, say, I'm not going to go to bed without reading at least a chapter a day. Some of us may be doing that. Some of us may have fallen out of that habit. But I tell you, if you develop that appetite for the word of God, one chapter is going to turn to two chapters and it will come to a point in your life where you feel like your day is incomplete if you don't read the word, if you don't have God's word speaking to your soul on a daily basis. And I believe if we, if we do these things, if we read our Bible every day, if we take notes, if we journal, if we if we, if we wrestle with the scriptures, we'll be engaging our heart and our mind with the word of God. Slowly, our attitude, our disposition towards the word of God will change. And one day we're going to discover that what Paul said was absolutely true, that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. And we have found these treasures and we have found this knowledge and we value it greatly. Praise be to God who has given us these blessings from his word. Amen. And that, brothers and sisters, is my lesson to dig deeper into the word.